Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commanders beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take command podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? That's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman, and uh, we got we got a game to talk about week two, Logan, and it is going to be a good one out in Denver. Commanders and Broncos, our preview podcast here on Take Command. And again, uh, don't forget the Take Command pregame show comes at you for even more preview right before the game, three hours before kick each and every weekend, live on the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan, streaming live on our YouTube pages as well. We'll be live at Tap Sports Bar, MGM, National Harbor at 1 o'clock this Sunday. But Logan, for the pod, let's dive right in. Offense first for the Commanders against a very talented Broncos defense. Vance Joseph, the former Broncos head coach, is the coordinator, uh, and they've got some real talent, especially up front. Yeah, I mean, they're talented kind of throughout the defense. Like, it's so funny. Like, when you watch – like, when I was prepping for Arizona, you're like, man, this defense in the preseason is pretty good. And then you watch them against – you watch Denver against uh, – not Oakland, against Las Vegas – and it just felt like the the speed of the group upticked a little bit. And, you know, that's a, it's a divisional game. It's hard to know. You know, like everyone gets up for those games a little bit more. But, um, yeah, man, like let's just start with the back end of that group. They've got some really, really talented pieces. I think uh, like Patrick Sertan, like probably right now is one of the top five corners in the NFL. He matched up with um, uh, Adams uh, from Las Vegas and kind of, I don't want to say shut him down because you're never going to shut him down completely, but was in his pocket the whole day. You know, and then I think that was something that I was a little surprised about is how just dexterous he was with his coverage. And then the safety, man, Justin Simmons is an absolute unit, bro. Like, I didn't realize he was that big. He's 6'2", he's like 205. There's a couple where, like, Jacoby Myers is coming to crack him on runs, and he is like, no, thank you, bro. Shoulder down, like, bang, (laughs) big hit. And I didn't know this, but he's had 20 interceptions over the last four years. Makes sense to me. Uh, I was playing my franchise mode in Madden, and he had four against me. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so not he's a good like, time. So he's, he's a guy that is, you know, arguably the, you know, he's top three safety in the NFL, yeah, very, very really good, good football player. And so like, when you see, like when you see those two guys, you're like, man, that's a different kind of caliber. Obviously um, at the other yeah. safety spot is Kareem Jackson mm-hmm. um, kind of, I don't want to say he's, he's a good solid guy, but nothing like crazy. And then the guy the that I think for a long time. Yeah. The guy that I think is really interesting is Damari Mathis. So Damari Mathis is the other corner. He's number 27. And like I said, um, Sertan kind of matched uh, Adams the whole game. Um, and Damari was the guy kind of on Jacoby. And Jacoby torched him. 
So I look at this team, this offense, and I'm saying, like, how do you find 27 as often and as frequently as possible, especially given the receiver depth? Now, I don't know if I don't know if Sertan's going to match Terry because, you know, I think they're aware that Terry's not 100 percent. I think you could see that in last week's game when he's running around. But, man, if you get Jahan Dotson on 27, like, let that man cook. Like, he should catch 20 balls. Like, I, and I, like he's a, Demurray's a, a fine pro. He's a fine pro. But he just doesn't have the coverage chops. And especially if you're going to get all these targets directed at you, I think that's a guy that you could really take advantage of in the back end. That's interesting, um, for sure. And I, the one thing I noticed when I watched Denver's game back against Vegas is like they're they play fast, like they're Dude, physical. They so fast. Even, even these DBs are all over the place. Um, even twenty sevens, like he's up in run support. Like yes. they're they are not afraid. Um, but yes, Jacoby Myers absolutely cooked, and Deshaun Jahan Dotson is a lot better than Jacoby Myers. With all due respect to Jacoby Myers, who's a good Dude, receiver. I will say I don't know if Jacoby Myers went to like some receiver camp this offseason. I've always liked him, but he like yeah. looked like he took it up. Like there was at points in the game, you know, when you're on all, all 22, the numbers are a little blurry. You're like, is that Adams? You're like, oh no, that's Jacoby. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like they both got dreads now, so they look kind of similar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, on, on on the fuzzy tape, it's hard to tell. Yes, apart. Right, right, and uh, but so like. He's, he's a good football player, man. I think he's a perfect two, you know? And, like, obviously here we have, you know, Batman and Robin. we got Terry and Jahan. And so, like, can our two, you know, like capitalize on the matchup the way Jacoby did? Or do they kind of change their coverage structure to match him? Because, like, in addition to, um, uh, like, the, the back end, I think um, Las Vegas kind of approached that game with a very, very different mindset than what I would have thought. They got out there in, like, 21 personnel, 22 personnel. 12 personnel and they were like we are running the damn ball so you did get a little bit easier coverage structure or more more challenging coverage structure because all of those underneath players are now like really aggressive to run support so he was on a little bit more of an island so do you does does eb adopt that or does he kind of stick with his like spread out approach and say you know we'll find these same matchups but from a spread formation i i think there's probably you know there's costs and benefits to both but when you're in that tight formation you know, it really is like he's by himself. You know, I mean, like that player's on on an island a little bit more. So it'd be interesting to see if, if they take anything from that last Yeah, they were play. Vegas was was tight a lot. A, like lot, a lot of stacks, a lot of bunches with very yeah. very short splits. Um, you know, again, the extra tight ends on the wings, all, all those mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Yeah. And you know, that that doesn't exactly play to Washington's personnel strength. Um, you know, they do have obviously Cole Turner and Logan Thomas, but you want to get Curtis Samuel on the field as often as possible. And, and how right. are you doing that? If you're in 22 and 12, you're, you're not, it is worth mentioning. Curtis does have a hip uh, that popped up on the injury report. Uh, he's only limited on a Wednesday, which means he's probably playing. He's probably fine. Um, but just worth noting at this point, uh, the question I would have for you on this though, um, on the back end stuff, when it comes to the Washington offense is how does like, if you, if you're coaching Sam up this week and you're like, all right, there's this guy in the back Simmons, he's yeah. going to be everywhere. Sam's never played a safety like this. Um, so how yeah. do you how do you coach him up to make sure that you know interse- career interception twenty one doesn't come against <laughs> Sam Howell because Sam just doesn't realize that he's going to be able to fly down from the post or wherever he is and and get his hands on a ball. I think there's a couple ways. You know, I, like one of the things that I liked about Las Vegas's game plan is the way they they would shift. So basically, like what uh, Vance Joseph's defense is, it's I think at, the, at its core. It's a split. It's a split. Um, split safety look, right? What they do is they kind of do stuff that is similar to what the commanders do, where both there's not like a strong and a weak safety. So like with motion, you don't have one guy like run with the motion and get set up in a new spot. You just rock and roll it. Like so, you roll down, 
And then you've got the numbers that you want in run support. And so I think what they did is they kind of were like, we're going to make Simmons be the run player. Like he's a good run player, but he's not, we, we prefer him there as opposed to in the post making plays on the football. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way to kind of handle that problem. It's like, Hey man, we're going to make him fit a lot of runs and he's not gonna be able to like get where he's got to go. The other thing is I'd say is, um, you know, like, so that's one way schematically that I thought Las Vegas did a good job of kind of dealing with him. I will also say like with good football players, you can't really account for it until you see it. You know, you can't really account for the speed, their instincts until you see it a couple of times. And I think maybe there's a good way of kind of saying, Hey, like we can show, we can show Simmons a bunch of different looks. We can show him a bunch of different formations, but let's kind of steer clear of his side of the field for the first couple of reps until we get a beat on exactly like how he's playing the game. And we can give the quarterback some information and intel and basically be like, hey, man, like, you know, this is how he's playing this stuff. We think this throws there. Let's try to hit this next time. If it's not there, let's hit the check down. You know, and then just remind him that it, the windows are going to be smaller against good good coverage players like that. So don't be afraid to check the ball down. Like we, you know, on one of the sacks uh, or one of, when, on the interception, you know, uh, from the um, from the Arizona game, mm-hmm. we, we both mentioned how Antonio Gibson's like wide open over the ball. And so even though that home run throws there, against these better coverage structures, against Patrick Sertan, like clock's going off, the rush is there, just check the ball down the back, live to play another day. And then we can go a couple plays and call that same play again when we feel like it's time. So I would say this is like, you know, we talked about Sam maturing as a player. I think this is a good game to kind of just remind him, hey man, like you don't need to make every throw, you don't need to make every play. We'll talk about the, uh, the Denver offense in a second, but they're super conservative or they were in this game. So we don't need to press as much as you probably think we can play the long game and win a tight score. Or win a tight scoring game here is what I would say. So just reminding me of that stuff, I think, is the best way to deal with some of these more dynamic coverage players. Just say, hey, you don't need to win it every single throw. Take your time. Yeah, uh, you you go to the Alex Smith school. Uh, you can't go broke making a profit. Right, and and, and the is, people people the way to people go hate sometimes. on Alex. People hate on Alex Smith, but like he was a good pro for a long time, and because yeah, he took won a lot football. of football games that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you can absolutely go broke giving away the game to Justin Simmons. Uh, so, you know, Correct. that's, 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 that's no bueno. Uh, that. Take, take those check downs, uh, keep it going uh, and, and go from there. Um, the other thing that I noticed watching the Vegas Denver game that I think is an area of potential concern is Garoppolo got the ball out he really did. fast. And there was Denver was not afraid to pressure like they've got some talent up front, as we'll talk about with Clark and Gregory and mm-hmm. some of these guys is, is rushers. But they also will bring pressure and they'll do it like there was one that they went, you know, probably a seven man pressure. I didn't go back right. and like rewatch it, but it was a third one it, or something like that. Well, I was going to say on a first and ten. Oh, was it? They had one on third and one. Well. Yeah, there was like a seven man. It might have even been eight man pressure on first and ten. And you're like, what the hell? Who does yeah. that? And so Vance Joseph will scheme some stuff up. And Garoppolo, who this is kind of what has kept him in the league, is super smart and is able to decipher that stuff. He also has he one of the, the fastest releases in the NFL. Yeah. Like and his, so he gets the ball out where Sam, obviously, last week that was an issue, holding the ball yeah. a little bit too long. And that's just naturally going to be an issue for a younger quarterback. The recognition is not going to happen as quickly because he doesn't have the file that Garoppolo has. So again, like if you're coaching up Sam slash scheming up for Sam, how do you try to prepare him to get the ball out quickly without, you know, falling into his own blitz and throwing a a pick that way? Well, I think that it's so like, for example, let's talk about the front a little bit in conjunction with this blitz stuff, kind of set the table. So they're a three, four structure, very similar to Arizona, right? They're built a little different. I'd say they've got kind of like these more athletic, 
bodies inside, you know, as opposed to traditional three, four, where you get the 330 pound four eye, the four, the 360 pound nose, and they're in there just crushing double teams. These guys are a little bit more athletic, so they can do some more stuff, you know, and they play a little bit faster, like you alluded to, right? Um, I, the first thing I try to do is just get them out of that base structure, you know, I don't want them in that structure as much as possible. Like, so I'm, I'm saying like, cause like all their, all their blitz, most of their blitzes came out of that structure. Right. And one of the reasons that that structure is so good for blitzing is because if you think about a three, four and let's, this is going to get really football nerdy. So just hold on to your horses here for a second. So they are a three, four base personnel, but they get into four down structures with the three, four personnel. So what they call like a, like a 37 front, for example. So where they would shade the backside four eye to a three technique and move the nose to a shade on the front side, right? So they kind of just change the spacing, which is very challenging for unfit. So if I'm EB, if I'm a coach and they can do all this different stuff, because, you know, like um, Wade Phillips is, he's from the Wade Phillips tree and they do a great job of kind of using this three, four personnel, changing the fronts. And as an offensive player, especially in the run game, it becomes a little bit challenging identifying and targeting some of this stuff. So I want them out of that. And the best way to get them out of it is get into like 11 personnel, spread it out a little bit. So a couple of things happen, right? You get them in a, in a better personnel grouping, a simpler personnel grouping. And when you spread it out, sometimes it's easier for the quarterback to identify pressure looks, right? Because like that nickel who's over the slot guy to time the blitz up has to kind of creep a little bit early, right? Because the time and distance is better. So um, I think that's, if I was going to guess, I think that's what EB would do is kind of spread them out, right? Limit kind of the um, the confusion of having like a tight box. Uh, but I do think there are advantages to both. Like some people, like we just talked about, like when you tighten the box up, you get better looks at the one-on-one -on -one matchups on the perimeter. So there's, there's, there's pros and cons to both. But if I was him, I'd probably, and I guess I'd probably do, now that I'm talking through it with you, you know, because this question, we didn't rehearse it. I'd probably yeah. do a little bit of both. I'd probably be like, hey, man, let's get in this in heavy and throw. Let's get in um, 11 and 10 and run the football a little bit and kind of give Sam some answers in terms of how he can see some of these structures and simplify the structures for the offensive line. I'd also probably go a little bit of tempo. You know what I mean? Again, because it's harder for the coordinator to call in stuff from the sideline. And they, and they go fast anyway. But those are some things I'd probably really key in on this week and be like, hey, man, let's see if we can emphasize these points a little bit to kind of make it easier for Sam. Because you're right. Like, we talked about the front. Those two linebackers inside, I think one's name is, um, let me look it up, Singleton and Judy, or it's kind of a funny name. Uh, Ju Jewel. Josie Jewel. Jewel. Yeah, Josie Jewel. There we go. Are Old JJ. excellent. Excellent. Singleton was excellent in this game. Just in terms of scraping and fitting runs and fasties and coverage windows, like he was awesome. He was awesome to watch. And so having those two guys inside, again, kind of coupled with the back end, like you got to kind of, I think you got to just try to either spread them out or you kind of say to yourself, we have a more athletic offensive line than than Las Vegas. So we can get to those second level blocks a little bit better. So I'm, I'm just really curious to see how they solve this puzzle, especially given that EB is so new as the coordinator. Like what are his tools? What are his plans? Like, and I was talking to, um, to Fred and Santana we were like, man, it was a little simple in terms of like pre-snap stuff, you know? And Fred immediately was like, he probably doesn't want to put too much on the quarterback. So how much do they add this week to kind of say, hey, Sam, like this is going to really help us and see if Sam can handle it. So I think this is really compelling for all of that stuff. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, like in terms of the blitz question specifically, I think I think you probably see him uh, just knowing what EB's done so far, spread it out a little bit and see if you can get some tells pre-snap. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So two things. One, it is worth mentioning that EB is very familiar with Vance Joseph because obviously he was the head coach in Denver uh, previously and Kansas City, Denver, uh, uh, divisional rivals. And so they saw him two times a year. Um, so there is a lot of familiarity there. Nevertheless, this is a defense that's kind of been around the league. Um, there's that Wade Phillips tree isn't exactly small at this point, considering how long Wade was around and uh, how good he was. Uh, so there, there are like, it's not like it's new to EB, even if it's very new to Sam, I, you did mention something that I kind of want to go back to that we didn't really talk about on the last pod, but that is, mm-hmm. is key to what you just said, which is EB's play calling. Like we talked a little bit about the run pass balance, but sure. there was a, I guess there was a lot of people that, that were saying it was much simpler than they thought. Like, oh, my God, I thought we were going to get 78 jet motions and reverses yeah. and whatever. And it's like, yeah, you, you probably will get some of that stuff. But like it was Arizona. You didn't need and it was week one. And all due respect, you don't need to empty the clip week one against Arizona and put everything you got on tape. Like you never do that anyway. It's one week. There's only so many plays you can call. But like as you were watching it, was the offense simpler than you thought, or you think that's a narrative that's a little overstated? Because they did, they did run Curtis Samuel once. There yeah. was, you know, some jet motion, uh, although not a lot. Um, there, there wasn't maybe as much motion as as we thought. There was a lot of different, you know, formations and things like that. You know, different guys lining up different places. But perhaps it wasn't as as fancy, if you will as as the maximal version of this what we saw in kansas city and what i would say is i I probably agree with that to a certain extent but what i what i will say is i felt like it didn't negatively affect the drop back passing stuff i actually thought the drop back passing stuff when you watch the all 22 was was pretty clean you know in terms of windows and throwing lanes and um that defense that philadelphia defense is it's not philadelphia but uh, jonathan gannon's defense from philadelphia they tend to play simpler coverage structures, right? It's like kind of they give you underneath stuff. And I thought they pressured and simulated pressure a little bit more than they would traditionally. But at, at its core, it was it was that. So it's just about really finding those open spaces. And you're not going to manipulate it the same way. I'm sure you could, but it's not, it's not as necessary as it, it is with some other teams. And also, I think like this is maybe the most important thing. Like the play caller and the offense is still so new. And you have to kind of work that verbiage and work that communication in a way that is um, that that is is effective, right? Because if I could put all this stuff in in the world, but if the guys don't know it and they don't understand like why we're doing it and the benefit of it, it, it really doesn't, it's a, it's a net negative, you know, because it makes them play slowly. And so I think kind of, kind of coming in against a team like Arizona with a relatively simplistic game plan and basically being like, let's go get it. You know what I'm saying? Let's make it happen. Um, yeah, got the EB from Trinket. Go get it. Yeah, yeah. Snap. I, I think I think that's there's there's a lot of benefit to that. Like that's I a joke when, for people that were at training camp and yeah. at training camp only. Um, but yeah, I think like um, it was like uh, like what was I going to say? Like it's it's like Kyle. This is a really good example. Kyle used to put in. He'd go through these phases where he you know his brain is just he's big brain football you know, and he'd put in you know run check to another run check to a pass you know then like on third down we'd have all these different and he's in his and his goal is to get you in the best position to be successful 
but there's so much volume of offense in it just kind of clouds the picture and he and he was aware of that he said that he's like we just put too much too much too soon and it was too complicated we got to kind of stick with the basics and, and be okay with running into bad looks for a while until guys really own the principles of these these kind of basic runs and i think there's an element of that going on here i don't know i haven't talked to but i would assume that's what's happening and, and again like when you watch the all 22 like it was pretty effective the offense you know the end the drop back passing stuff and the enemy and stuff so yes was it simpler than i thought do i think there are potential reasons for it 100 and do i think it's going to get more complicated as the season goes and and opponent dependent yes i do yeah so we'll see um i think that's definitely something to watch um you know trick it up a little bit it's also the kind of thing that like you know the jet pass or the 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 jet sweep stuff like you can get terry more touches that way something they didn't necessarily need to do uh, or didn't feel like they needed to do uh against arizona so we'll see uh as they scheme it up this weekend against denver anything else uh washington offense denver defense washington offense denver defense uh not really you know the one thing that santana brought up the other day when i was talking to him is he said like you know it'd be interesting to see if they uh if they take um uh, Sertan and match him up with Jahan, you know, as mm. they kind of identify him as the more dangerous weapon at this point and, or if they do any matching at all. But I, I think that's something to keep an eye on is how they decide to play this receiver group with their secondary, you know, because if, if they do play in a specific way, like that's a matchup in terms of Jahan on 27 or Terry on 27 that I, if I'm EB, I'm looking to explore. I was, I was going to say, if I am the enemy, please Lord put Sertan on Jahan, not because like I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, take Jahan out because Jahan's really important to this offense, and Sertan's great and can kind of do that to guys. But disrespect yeah. Terry and see how that goes. Yeah, the way cool. that dude competes, and he like he will, he's gonna get some balls. Yeah. Um, I think the question becomes though with a guy like Simmons, can you take Sertan, put him on Dotson, and say, all right, you're you're on an island over here. And we're going to, you know, Belichick used to do this at times where he'd take yeah. his number two corner on the number one receiver and then say, we're just going to give that guy safety help sure. all the time. So yeah. it's, it's two on one on the best guy, one on one on the second best guy, but it's with your best guy and, and hope that that may, that plays out. Obviously that, you know, it only works in certain situations because you're running different coverages and you know, are you in man, are you in right. zone, are you in this, are you in that formationally EB can do some things, to try to free that up and make it more difficult. Obviously, Washington also has more weapons, um, whether that's Logan Thomas, uh, Cole Turner, Curtis Samuel, the backs. Yeah. There, there are there are solutions to everything, but as a base kind of fundamental strategy, I think that is a very, very interesting chess game in terms of how you approach that. Yeah, and we'll see what they end up doing, you know, but I, I think uh, and I think that's a great point about the safety help. Like they 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 as much as offenses evolve week to week, defenses evolve week to week. And I think when you look at it, you say they only gave up 17 points. Like, that was a really solid performance by them. To an offense, say what you want. Say what you want about Russell Wilson. We'll talk about them in a second. Like, yeah. it was pretty efficient. You know what I mean? Like, it was pretty efficient from a completion percentage standpoint. Like, they're, they're, I think they're being too conservative. But um, but despite kind of giving up 100 yards receiving, like, they were able to kind of to, – to, um, to Jacoby Myers, like, they were able to – to manage the offensive production and make plays when they need to, the you know interception in the red zone, all that kind of stuff. So yep. it is it is a very let's not get it twisted. Maybe this is the most important thing. This is a very good defense. Like this yeah. is a very fast defense. It's a very physical defense. It is a very different challenge and perspective than it was last week. So really curious to see what the plan is. And I do think that the that the their defense's relationship, Denver's defense's relationship to the offense 
is something that I think is really interesting in terms of how EB calls this game. Because when you know the other offense is a little bit conservative, does EB get a little bit more conservative and say, let's make this a defensive defensive special teams game more because of some of these concerns about some of the pieces they have in the back end, for example. Definitely. Um, and the last thing I'll mention here, um, just kind of popped into my head as we were talking about it, is this, you have the crowd situation, which you talked about uh, oh, yeah. in the last pod, where it's like, yeah, Denver's crowd matters. Actually, no, sorry, you didn't tell us about it in the last pod. We recorded a bunch of stuff the other day. Take five that's out tomorrow is uh, Denver uh, Logan's Denver stories. And uh, right. a small preview, Denver's crowd is really loud and matters. Really loud, um, yeah. They are 0-1 on the year. So there's a level of desperation that you cannot fake. 100%. Uh, and last but not least, if to kind of bring the crowd back into it, they are honoring one of John Elway's Super Bowl champions, I believe, at halftime. Teams. Oh, really? So John Elway going to be in the house, like people there excited to celebrate that. So the, the crowd should be pretty juiced on Sunday, uh, which is another factor, obviously, when your offense is on the field, something Sam Howell has never dealt with. This is his first road start.